0: Well, hello, I'm Neil Taylor, and this is the very first podcast from GW & Co. This month, we'll be talking about family businesses, what makes them special, what makes them stressful, and how a bit of external wisdom can come in handy. Joining me is Gilmar Vent, Principal of GW & Co. Hello. And we're kicking off the podcast with a little skullduggery, because our first two guests will be going incognito. So they can be really honest about life when you're working with your relatives. Uh, in an MI6 style, we're going to call them father and daughter. So father worked with his dad and then took over their international business. And now he's working with daughter running a charity together. Hello, folks. Hello. Hello. Hi. So father... It does sound very dramatic when you use the code names, (laughs) doesn't it? Um, Tell us a little bit first about how you ended up running the original family business.
1: Well, I was uh, completely uncertain about my future. And it was only later in life, I was already in my 20s, having had a a full time uh, at university and then at business school and a year in Africa. I came back to find everybody disappointed with their careers. And I went to see a friend and his uh, and his father said to me, has your father got a business? And I said, yes. And I then, he said, um, is it profitable? I said, I've no idea. He said, well, maybe you have a duty to ask him. And I'd never thought of it that way because he'd been an orphan, he'd created it, and he felt that anybody could do that. And what he wanted us to be, my brother and I, professionals. But I wanted to be a trader. I wanted to be... In, in his world, and uh, he reluctantly said, well, there's no silver spoon here, you're going to have to start at the bottom. And, and off we went. And the first job I had was firing our 60-year-old uh, agent in Portugal. And then I built a business up in Portugal, was then handed uh, our German office and our Dutch office to manage, and later got landed with the company in Spain, which was, at that time, in a chaotic state and bankrupt. So I pulled that around... Luckily, I learned a lot because I was remote from my father's influence, the perfect training I could possibly get, and uh, I came back uh, with my head up high, uh, knowing a little more about the shoe business that we
0: were in. So was it important, do you think, that you were away from your father, proving yourself independently? I I was always an independent
1: so-and-so, and I was at the end of a telephone once a week to, to communicate the latest stories, uh, having to wait two hours in the post office in a Spanish town to get
0: a line. When you said you're an independent so-and-so, that you got a little <laughs> smile from Daughter. Does that sound right? Yes, definitely. So then, how did you end up taking charge?
1: Well, I think, coming back from Spain with a new idea of how to run the business for the future, uh, I was faced with the elder generation of my father and his his partners and they agreed to allow me to make the changes. And as a consequence, uh, I was able to um, take the business forward. They retired, fortunately, and I had the opportunity to bring in my own team. And that was uh, the best thing possible, with my father still watching over, keeping an eye. On, on what was going on and it allowed me to build the, the business and take it further into new directions from Brazil to Hong Kong to India to Vietnam.
0: And did you get on?
1: We had our ups and downs, I can't deny it. He was <laughs> very uh, demanding, uh, expecting high standards. Um, I perhaps hadn't lived under that kind of restraint before, so we did have our our, uh, to-dos and we fortunately set up new areas that we each operated in and didn't interfere with each other's ideas too
0: much. And, daughter, um, how come you're now working with your dad?
2: I wouldn't say it was necessarily planned. It's happened organically, um, which is probably for the best. Uh, we had a discussion when I was about 20, and uh, we chatted about whether I wanted to go into the family business as it then was. Um, and I think we both agreed that at that time it wasn't right. Uh, when you
0: say you both agreed, are you being polite?
2: No, I think on this one we were both actually agreement. agreement. Um, I think I... I knew that I wanted to do what my father had done when he joined the company, which was bring a completely different perspective. And at that time, I didn't really see what I could bring. My father brought an international dimension to the business. I'm very interested in design. That's kind of my background. And there wasn't that much scope within the business as it existed. So having made that decision, it was then quite tricky because I've had what's known as a portfolio career. So I've done lots of interesting and very diverse things, all within kind of a creative enterprise um and then as things have moved on the company has now morphed more into well my father's um focus is much more in developing his charitable um, activities and so that was a chance for me to bring my insight and my experience into a different sphere so consciously or
0: not it sounds like you both wanted to establish yourselves in your own right before you then brought it back into the family.
1: I lost my name for the first ten years. I'd suddenly become son of Reg. <laughs> and it took me that long to get my name back.
2: I was concerned about having a similar... It's about identity. Um, and there's also there's the comfort of being part of this ongoing legacy, but then there's the struggle of how do you shape and define your own identity within that
0: so now you're working together how is that going
1: amazingly well <laughs> i have to say you got in
0: there
2: quick <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> i trained I, them well don't worry they're electric shop. you
1: know i would have to say that um i am being led into new areas that are exciting um i feel rejuvenated by it I enjoy passing responsibilities. I've always enjoyed delegation, finding someone better than myself, and I've certainly got that in the case of a daughter. So what is she better at? (laughs) Technology, for one. (laughs) She's also very diligent. She's also very conscientious. All the things that I'm not very good at.
0: Are you good at those things because you're naturally good at those things, or is that the gap that you're filling?
2: Um maybe a little bit of both um i definitely i enjoy making and delivering and so i think in that respect we're quite well matched because my father's definitely someone with lots of ideas but perhaps needs the support of a team to help him put those into action
0: (laughs) you're being choosing your words very carefully um so this is all sounding remarkably positive
2: well, it certainly surprised me that we work so well together. I don't, I wouldn't have expected, if you told me 20 years ago that I'd be working with my father, I'd forget about it. There's no way I could work with my father. Um, and why? Why would you have said that then? I think my father's quite a big personality. <laughs> um, and I would be worried that I would be slightly eclipsed by him. But it took me 20 years of being out on my own and my own feet, my own voice, developing my own identity so that I can come in and we can, I hope, have a dialogue rather than it being more of a, a parent, child, this is what I know, this is what you're going to do. I think we are quite good at working in conversation with each other and my father's been very good at listening to what I want to do and what I have to say. Not always, but... You know, we we do, we genuinely work well.
0: So I was going to say, Father, you said that you and your dad didn't always see eye to eye. Do you have your moments now you're in the... A new
1: relationship. I think there are times when I get irritated, um, particularly over petty details to do with technology, and so I'm very happy to defer. And and thankfully she is more than able to to put me right and she's developing a sense of patience to put up with my (laughs) tantrums, I hope, um, because sometimes I go um, over the top for
0: one reason or another. So Gilmar, you've worked with lots of family businesses. How, how typical is this picture that we're getting?
3: Um, I think it's a wonderful picture that we're getting. <laughs> well, you can get that and you can also get other people um, and other pictures, of course. I would say there's some wonderful things and positive things about working with family business and that's why we love doing that. Um, you know, you, you tend to have very strong values, you know, and those values strong beliefs, they're embodied in the people, often throughout the organisation, you know, they're often not driven by short-term tactics, you know, you've got the freedom, so you can make decisions as you see um, them fit, you know, and then then also the relation to us is personal, it's a person-to-person relationship, so you have a, a degree of trust and you have, you know, you have an ear, You have a responsibility as well. But um, when all of these things are are tremendously positive, you can achieve a lot.
0: So do you think there are things that family-run organisations find particularly easy, maybe easier than other kinds of company, or things they find difficult?
2: I think the ease of it is there's a shorthand. I've been aware of my father's work and what he's been doing, and it's been very present in my life, all my life. So in that respect, there is that shorthand of, I understand when he talks about the shoe business, what that means and what his role was in it. Um, And also there's that, that, that shorthand of the fact that we're related. So we know each other very, very well. I mean, I think there are certain aspects personally that um, have come out since we've been working with each other because, obviously, you're dealing with different situations, so there are different facets of your personality that you draw on in that context. Um, but I think that's that definitely has been easy, and I know what my father is thinking most of the time in a way that I wouldn't with a regular mm-hmm.
1: colleague. I would agree with all that, and... Uh, I I am just constantly surprised how competent she is.
2: That really worries me. (laughs) What did you think you were taking (laughs) on?
1: (laughs) No, no, I've been able to dump easily with a clear conscience and a clear mind so many things into your lap which has been just brilliant for me. So it's given me the freedom to continue my questing and searching for new things, which I can't stop, unfortunately. I
0: was going to ask you about freedom, (laughs) because clearly one of the benefits of a family organisation is you don't have shareholders, you don't have other kinds of stakeholders, and I get the sense that that's been important to you. It's been critical.
1: And um, there was a time when um, our family business was nearly taken over and I uh, finally resisted that and I've been rejoicing ever since that I retained my freedom. And one thing that I want to pass on is the sense of... Keeping her own freedom for the future.
3: There's lots of ideas, you know, freedom to do whatever you like, and that can get in the way of executing a longer-term strategy. So, as an outsider, our job is then to pull people together, you know, and stick, you know, keep focus, challenge as well, and to keep the bigger picture in mind. I think there's also sometimes when we're talking about moving from you know one generation to the next, it's about articulating what's inherent. Because that's something people come into a business and there's a lot of unwritten rules. You have the shorthand, but for somebody who hasn't got the shorthand and the 20 years or the life experience of, of living together, they don't have that. So as businesses grow and as, as businesses need to communicate across borders and, and with other people, it's really important that what's, what's there is being brought out in such a way that people can understand it.
0: And just to make this really tangible... When you're in a meeting with these two, is that meeting different because they're related than if it was, you know, the chief exec and the marketing director, which is I guess what your other meetings are like? Um, It's very jovial.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We laugh a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have very good conversations and we have to stick to the time a little bit. And I have to say, what's the next step? <laughs> what are we going to do next? So, you know, just gently prodding along. It's it's um, it's fruitful and it's entertaining as well.
0: What do you two think you're like as
2: clients? Oh, crikey. Tricky. <laughs> no, I think I think we're good because we're the one thing I think we're both very good at is that when we make a decision, we stand by it. Mm-hmm. We're not flim-flam. So it may not be necessarily always the right decision, but we're consistent. And in that situation,
0: how do you come to decisions? Because, again, in a more traditional organisation, maybe the hierarchy is very clear and someone has final say, whereas, you know, this is personal, isn't it?
1: I think where it's um, new territory, for me, I'm very happy to defer and leave the responsibility in decision-making. I have trust in her view, and I'm happy to go with that. Mm. And to date, I've had no disappointments.
2: And vice versa, when it's, when it's within a particular context, I'm very happy to defer to my father's judgment and experience. <laughs> when it's in a particular no, context. It, it, I think what is interesting is we have had very different experiences. So my father has come from a much more of a trading, commercial... Background, And I've come much more from a creative environment. And so I think it's when the decisions, because of the nature of activity, falls into necessarily either one of those camps. And I think we're both quite happy to perhaps right, yeah. defer to the other's experience.
3: I think you're quite exceptional in that as, as a team, um, because you can also encounter... You know, a lot of politics in family business, an extreme amount of meddling. We, we encounter companies where there's a micro, level of micromanagement going on where you're just astonished, where you think these guys have a governance issue. If you build up a structure where you have people in responsibility, they may not be part of the family, but they lead a team, they lead a business, they lead a division, then you should trust them and let them run. And um, if that trust isn't there, you can find problems that that can be bigger and more dysfunctional than Mm -hmm. in, say, a PLC.
2: Well, I think I'm quite lucky because my father's a natural delegator. And um, a lot of that comes with trusting your own judgment that you have got the right people around you. And I think that's a particular skill.
1: I also am well aware of my own limitations. (laughs) And if I can find somebody better than myself, let them get on with it.
0: And is that true beyond the family? Yes. Oh, yes,
1: I I ran my business in the same way. And they felt that they were running the business on their own. Mm -hmm. And that gave them freedom to go out and do amazing things and develop the business, which wouldn't have been possible if I'd been micromanaging. And in the end, I decided, Rather than try and sell the business, which would have been painful, I gave it to two of my key people, who were there for 25 years of their best years helping me. So I was pleased to pass it on.
0: So is there a sense that if you get this right, the whole team sort of starts to feel like family? Mm, Most definitely.
1: In fact, many an evening was spent chatting (laughs) (laughs) with with the intimate group into the later hours (laughs) because I I was living in the building (laughs) and I was already home.
0: (laughs) And you said when you got involved, well, identity was clearly in your head somewhere. Is
2: it still in your head? Are you still navigating that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the two things... I'm the third generation, so there's identity and legacy... Um, And they can be pretty crippling, both of them, uh, because I don't want to stuff this up, uh, because I know that not only has it taken the energy of my father, but it took the energy of my grandfather. So I'm aware that I want to honour that and build on it. So I am, in that respect, quite focused and ambitious to try and drive the legacy forward in my own way, in my own voice, in the way that my dad did it in his voice. And that's a challenge because sometimes you have to try and identify what your voice is in this particular conversation and context Um, and as far as identity I'm definitely feeling much more comfortable but I go into a room and I think everyone sees oh he's brought his kid along okay we better humor him and be nice to her which is not what people are thinking but that's still present and I think a lot of I imagine second, third generations, whether they want to actually admit it or vocalise it, that's probably still in the back of their minds. Um, so it's good. So that means there's a need to prove. Um, but it, it just if you, you've got to back yourself. My dad's backed me, which has been good. And were you
0: conscious of that? That, I mean, insecurity might be too strong, but that awareness of her role... I was
1: aware that she was concerned, um, but I think in 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 the activities we've been involved in, I've given her a clear opportunity to voice herself, and she's done it brilliantly. And so she's gained the respect
0: of other professionals. So, what do you like when you're not at work now?
2: Well, I'd say that's the only tricky thing. I don't know. I've never spoken to you about your relationship with with your with your father. But it is, I think, trying to ensure that work doesn't leak into every aspect of our interaction because we enjoy what we do and we like talking about it. I'm also aware that we are, the rest of our family, possibly don't want us to sit in a corner and start strategizing about, you know, the next quarter. So I think that's... For me is the one thing is the boundary. Um, and just making sure that we're not talking about work all the time.
3: I wanted to go back to the Sorry. point previously. I find as an as an observer, I find it's interesting. It seems to me that every generation need to find their theme that they can take forward. And we've heard it earlier, technology mm-hmm. now is one because and this is something whether we encounter a lot, you know especially in relationship-driven businesses you know it's all about the black book it's about the connections and so on but that is changing with the digital transformation and you need to now communicate through different channels because people have relationships, you know, in the digital space. And that is really quite a big shift. You know, we, if, you, if you're if you looking into family business or any kind of medium-sized business and most of family business are, that is often something where the generations are a little bit split because you've got the younger generation who've grown up with it and they're quite happy. You've got an older generation that's quite sceptical. Daddy earlier, when I said there, there can be relationships in the digital world, he was shaking his head. So... <laughs> I'm I'm somewhere in between, I guess, because I'm I I like the personal, but I'm I'm open, and I I we're quite fascinated. I've got very young members in the team, and they obviously all over whatever channels you you want to go into, and it's part of our world um, to help
1: companies move into these spaces.
0: So does this sound familiar?
1: Uh, yes, it's very familiar, and and that's why I'm very happy that I've got an evangelist on my side here. I'm old school, and like uh, people and direct communication, I'm still sceptical about the benefits of... Um, technological communications and
0: what they actually bring. It sounds like you're a demon networker.
1: <laughs> I am. And that's what I enjoy, is networking. <laughs> and although one's supposed to only have 150 people as the limit, my, I think I've gone way past that.
3: <laughs> I should clarify, I don't think you know anything can replace the personal connection. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. It's just that the way people find information these mm-hmm. days has changed quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And to put a press release out doesn't get you very far. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you find that family businesses are slower to change, harder to change, more resistant?
3: I find that they may take a little bit longer to come, come on to it, but once they're convinced that it's the right thing, they're very, very fast. So it's a slightly different thing. It takes some convincing. It takes some buying into. But then again, when when the decision is made, then it's all hands on the pump and things are happening very fast. Mm
0: -hmm. So Gilmar's business, I don't know how you want to describe your business, Gilmar, but strategy, branding, design, uh, arguably it's quite an unusual difficult to define kind of business. So how did you decide that that was something that you needed external help with?
1: I don't think that was difficult. We were moving into a totally new world and we needed uh, someone to bounce the ideas off and come up with a simplified view of what we should be doing. So we were in a a new amorphous world. We didn't know anything. And Gilmar provided uh, the the, the thinking that produced a, 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 a defined space for us to go forward on. And we were thrilled to have that support. Absolutely thrilled.
2: We knew that Gilmore would ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. Because we had worked briefly on um, trying to find a way of giving our charitable activity some identity. And that was when I was really um, struck by the effectiveness and clarity and insight that he was able to provide. And so when we were looking at developing a new initiative... He, we both agreed immediately that he was the person that we knew who could really help us to interrogate effectively what it was that we wanted to do and what it was that we could do and then define that.
0: Let's not get too complimentary about Gilmore. <laughs> well, uh, not it's true, get, though. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not doing whether he out. was here yeah. or not, I'd say the same thing. It's <laughs> just going to get embarrassing. But, <laughs> but do you think that interrogation is particular, by anyone, by any kind of expert is particularly important if it's something that you're so closely linked to.
2: I think the problem with a with family business potentially is that there is a bit of an echo chamber. We all have shared values, we have a shared way of thinking, there's uh, definitely a shorthand, we have the same language, which means that potentially we can be uh, slightly trapped in a, a bubble. A bubble.
0: And do you enjoy that, Gilmar? Bursting the bubble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you do this carefully. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be done. <laughs> I think the the you asked what we do, I think the, the it is you know, branding is a big word. I prefer to say we're in communication. Um, and the fact that, that we're being creative with strategy and strategic with design is probably the bit that makes us mm. a bit different. Mm. Um, you know, we, we we have processes, but we adapt them. So you know, we become quite open-minded and non-judgmental to it, and then with an outside perspective, and then we see, okay, what what do we find here? What's the ambition? You know, wh- where are the gaps that we haven't that we haven't got clarity on yet? And all of this is a wonderful discovery process. You know, somebody said, you know, you change companions, and in some way, that's 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 what we are because we 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 help, we guide, but we're able to ex- execute as well, sometimes in conjunction with, with in-house teams and sometimes with other agencies, depending on the size of the business.
1: Well, I would I would add that um, what your strategy uh, defined has proved a huge success in the space that we're in, mm-hmm. in terms of others being eager to join and, and adopt and be part of what we're up to, and then again, to win three awards in the website world was also very um, um, enjoyable mm. to, to prove.
3: A nice byproduct. <laughs> indeed,
1: yeah. indeed. So, no, we're very fortunate that we're in a very um, strong position with the ideas that began uh, with it, with Gilmar.
0: And that thing that Daughter talked about I mean, you talked about third generation, so you know there's this thing that continues, but also you want to bring something new to it with each generation. I guess for you, Gilma, that's quite an interesting challenge.
3: Oh, it's a fascinating challenge. I think... Um... Not with these two, but in other cases, sometimes you have to dance around the politics a little bit because there are some. If you have more than one person in the room, you get politics. Ooh. But but it comes back what I said earlier. It's a very personal relationship. So you bring in what people personally want to achieve, and you look at that and you see, you know, how can we help that to happen? Um, and because it's not tainted by um, an uptight corporate environment where you can't really say what you think. You can get there quicker. Yeah.
2: Can I ask a question? Yeah. Please do. Oh, go for what it. do you find is the opportunity of mm-hmm. working with a family business?
3: I think it comes back to working with a business that is driven by strong individuals, whether family or not. Sometimes they owner and manage, mm-hmm. or, or or even you find that in 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 commercial operations. If you have strong, driven individuals mm-hmm. and you can forge a good relationship with them, it's the best you can have. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, when I when I meet somebody or we have a conversation, and you get that that impression, and there's something in the conversation that goes deeper than the, the niceties, that's when I see that's the opportunity.
0: Father, I think you told me something interesting before about you enjoying working with other owners.
1: Yes, I would say um, I like Gilmar. I like to see strong personalities. Um, Not too strong, but um, ones that one can collaborate with, share ideas, explore the world. I think that's very important, and it's it's life-enhancing and expands your horizons. So I can't stand um, big organisations. I can't stand um, being pushed around. Uh, I like to find a voice at the end of a telephone.
0: And why can't you stand corporate (laughs) organisations? Because there, there
1: is a, a, a no clear sense of responsibility. This morning I sent an email about our changing in VAT, and the document that came from the VAT office in, in Grimsby uh, was not signed. It had no clarity to it. It was just a piece of paper that a computer had printed out, and I just felt, what is this? I think what helps from, from our end is that essentially we're a family business.
3: Yes, you know, I have absolutely. a team. Um, it's a reasonable size, but it's by no means a large corporation. And um, it is my family. It's my mm-hmm. working family. So mm-hmm. we, we, the way we interact and we work with each other, yeah. there's a lot of accountability mm-hmm. and responsibility for each of the team members. And we understand what it's like to run a business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what it's like to, for that to be your own, mm-hmm. You know, with yeah. all your dreams, hopes mm-hmm. and aspirations and challenges, of course.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Gilmar, you've worked with these guys for quite a while. What have you learned about their relationship?
3: A lot, but being discreet is one part of working with family business, (laughs) so I can't really answer the question, I'm afraid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well played. (laughs) And
0: almost finally, this is your moment. Anything that you've not said to each other that you you feel you should say to each other while the public are listening?
2: I think probably not.
0: (laughs) You know, treat this like therapy.
2: We already have been.
0: (laughs) Well, big thanks to father and daughter for joining us. Hopefully our next guests will be able to say who they actually are. Uh, Until we meet them, if you don't know GW and co, have a look at gilmarvent.com Uh, Or I guess they could just email you, Gilmar. (laughs) Sure, they can. It's gw at gilmarvent.com. Find out what you do. So that was the first GW & Co podcast. Goodbye, Gilmar. Goodbye. And talk to you soon.